and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue. And Colin Cunningham. We're, wait, we're not... It's out of October. We don't have to do the stupid names anymore. Justin Holly DeClue. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no, no, not Christmas. We're in the nice in-between stage of November. Yeah, but the Americans, you know, they've got uh, Thanksgiving coming up. At the end of the month. Uh, yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah, our fall weird. Thanksgiving has already passed. That's crazy. So wait, ours is in October, right? It's different every year, but it's always in October, yeah. Right. Where it lands, I think, is different. Yeah, I was just saying, they get Halloween, then they get, you know, a month later they get Thanksgiving, then a month later they get Christmas. I crazy. think that's pretty good spaced out uh, yeah. holidays when it comes to the fall season. Well, our Thanksgiving, I'm always like, oh, what, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow? Oh, okay. Yeah, I never, I never remember... <laughs> I, I just get like an email from my mom, like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Like, oh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> well, we decided to take it a little easy this week and do something that I'm sure many people have seen. Uh, I actually, it's not a bad movie, not even close. No, no way. It is pretty cheesy, though. Um, it's Con Air from 1997. And uh, I can't believe I had not seen this all the way through before. I feel like I have, though. It, it's so weird. I've seen it in pieces. Justin, you played it at one of your uh, movie uh, marathons. Yes, I did. It was the summer movie Mind Melter, and it's what ended the marathon. Okay, so it was in the morning, we right? We tuned in in the morning mm-hmm. and caught like the very end, <laughs> yeah, and then it started looping, <laughs> so we watched the beginning as well, but I, I obviously missed the whole movie. Yeah, I just, it feels like, you know, I watched it, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this before, but I haven't, like, not... Not in its entirety. So I'm surprised saw- <laughs> that you didn't see it theatrically when it came out, Colin. I remember the trailer was all over the place, and you know, I just thought it looked kind of cheesy, and I was like, "What? Whatever." <laughs> well, you weren't wrong. <laughs> well, you know what? The, whatever, John man. Malkovich and John Cusack both hate this movie. Really? Yes. Um, John John Malkovich was upset, according to IMDb, because they kept changing the script, so uh-huh. he didn't have enough time to memorize his lines. It's because they were making it perfect. That's why. <laughs> I mean, I this seemed to say them pretty well. This movie is actually amazing. It's really good. Um, it's definitely not like for everybody, though. Like, no, it's no. a very specific brand of like. 90s action movie. It's the Bruckheimer brand. Yeah, the Jerry Bruckheimer brand. But yeah. the thing is, I was surprised, I guess because it's not Michael Bay, it does. It never reaches that obnoxious level of Michael Bay. That's really yeah, a turn the, off. Yeah, the characters aren't like off-putting, even though they're all horrible and it, criminals. And it's shot in a way that's, you know, uh, it's very clear. It's not obnoxious. You know, there I, is I some can't really... There is style to it, though. There is, but it's not sure. over the top, and it's not in your face. And like, it, It's it, also one of those movies that is like, oh, it's kind of all the elements came together and worked. It's not like anyone yeah. who made it, other than maybe Jerry Bruckheimer, went on and did like great stuff, like Simon West, who directed it. Yeah. He did just terrible movies <laughs> following that, this that, one. That was so weird, because I knew his name, and I looked him up, and and, you know, he did The General's Daughter and then Tomb Raider, the first Tomb Raider. And then he just went to TV stuff. Well, he did yeah. The Expendables 2, oh, uh, <laughs> Stolen, or Stolen, the uh, Nick Cage what? film. He uh, What did he do recently? He did Skyfire. Oh, he went to China Skyfire? and made films. Yeah, oh, you've never no. heard of that one. Awful, why, awful though? Movie. It's so weird because he started out, I guess, as a, a music video director. Yeah, he <laughs> most famously directed The Rick Roll. Yeah, the Rick Astley music <laughs> yeah. video, which I was like, whoa, so pretty it's, cool. It's so, just so weird. Yeah. It's such a strange career turn like to come after Tomb Raider, which I thought was like a pretty big hit. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. I guess right after Tomb Raider, he made When a Stranger Calls. How did he get like in the you know pits right after that? That's very I odd. I don't know. It's just like nothing but TV stuff after that. When and then, a Stranger Calls is bad, right? The mm, odds. Yeah, well, it's a remake. It's remake. terrible. It's a remake, Lots of yeah. cat jump scares. Very yeah. It's it's very weird. Something. something uh, do you think happened. he did something? I mean, maybe he's just so know. good he had to direct the pilot of The Cape. Maybe he just decided to take a step back. But no, you're right. Like he did like three. I, he's huge continued movies to work, and he's working. But it's like almost like he's in director jail. I think he was one of the guys that is always attached to stuff. I remember he was attached to a remake of The Blob a couple years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> well, th- see, this is the thing. It's like I think that Con Air, also, I think mostly because of the the name, it has this like bad reputation that's this this like really dumb stupid movie yeah. does it i feel like everyone loves con air now they're like well, ah I the think good people old days are, people in the know like people who have seen it love mm. it i think a friend of mine like who 
you know, she's a suburban mom and was like, oh, my God, I love Con Air recently. I was like, not the person I would expect to like this movie. So I think that it has like crossover appeal as an action movie. I think it's it's become beloved over the years. I also think it was a cable staple, which yeah, is why yeah. it's become as well loved as it is. And it's not like a heavy R-rated movie or anything like that. So no. you can make a few easy trends and it can play endlessly on something like TBS. That, I wonder if that's how I know yeah. it so well. Probably. You know, having like my, you, you catch know, like just... the last uh, 20 minutes or the middle 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've got like, you know, five minutes here and five minutes there. And then my brain just sort of like edits it all together into one yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> a few, a few uh, you know, more than a few like pretty violent scenes could easily be trimmed. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Uh, the Lightbox once did a series of Nick Cage movies, and they mm. showed Con Air. Did they really? And me and my friends got yelled at for hooting and hollering too much <laughs> oh, throughout give it. Give me a break. This is the Lightbox. We don't approve of that type of reaction. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and like, and we weren't like playing MST3K or anything. We were just like he <laughs> like laughing and, and cheering. cheering. And this film is all filled with those kind of moments. Mm-hmm. I remember I got I saw a simple plan at um, TIFF one <laughs> and you year. You were hooting and hollering. Uh, so yeah, they introduced Sam. Raimi and it was at the uh, Roy Thompson Hall so it was like a really kind of fancy premiere and mm-hmm. I was sitting front row and yeah Sam Raimi came out and I was cheering and screaming and I got like the death stare from this snob beside me just like <laughs> looked at me and was just Sam like Raimi. how dare you and, but the guy introduced him he's like I, the director of Evil Dead 2 yeah. and I was like woo there's nothing wrong with giving some kudos yeah, to come a on. beloved director. The guy beside you just wanted you to sit there silently staring at Sam Raimi as he came on stage. Yeah. He was doing, doing like his, his little clap. like snap clap like the hipster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then Sam Raimi uh, flipped himself on stage. He did. caused you to jump up. And he, he, did. he actually did a pratfall. He did do a pratfall? He did. He does. came out and he, uh, he pretended to trip. So he did like a pratfall and stumbled on stage. And then he did his uh, joke that he always does like, oh, uh, have anybody lost like a, a wad of thousand dollar bills with an elastic band? Good news. I found the elastic band. <laughs> oh, man. He loves that joke. I know. And then right I before he left stage, he's like, also, I'm a Trump man. Good night, everybody. <laughs> That was the big closer. And then the snob guy was like clapping and hooting. Oh, wow. He's a movie snob and a conservative. (laughs) I will always remember being at a fan expo convention. This is the only like stranger interaction that just befuddled me is, I don't know how Guillermo del Toro came up, but the guy beside me is like, "Uh, I'm the bigger Guillermo del Toro fan. He once gave me a Pan's Labyrinth t-shirt. And I was like, "Uh, Uh, okay. I didn't ask you that question. Like, it's not a competition. Also, I'm sure that is the gold standard of his favorite people in the world people he gives pan's labyrinth t-shirts to. <laughs> given he probably means like he just threw it at him in a crowd or yeah something he like had that. a box oh yeah, yeah exactly no some girl in like a bikini shot it out of a, a <laughs> shirt, oh, that's a how shirt Toro did his pan's labyrinth screens <laughs> he had bikini clad girls shooting t-shirts out <laughs> do i have any mimic fans here <laughs> not to go not to go off topic but i finally read that uh blade 2 review of (laughs) harry knowles no just the famous harry knowles Uh, sorry he should not be named like voldemort he'll show up if you mention (laughs) i will have to say people were like this is the worst article ever yeah colin you had told me like what it was before i read but i was like i'm actually gonna read it today uh, i think it made me physically ill and i I was like why would april read oh she's listening to the same podcast i am talking simpson it was brought it was brought up on that but i I was on like another reddit page of worst movie reviews yeah that's that's when i stopped i stopped going to you know cool news (laughs) you're like uh, i have been offended i will not be reading harry knoll's reviews that reference female (laughs) genitalia it was more about just like feeling physically ill and just like this (laughs) this image in my head that i couldn't get out harry knoll just going at it he's like saying like he's 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 whoa 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 we're a family podcast april don't don't quote the review Sorry. Anyway, let's get back. People to are like, "What are they talking about?" It, search Blade Two. Ain't it cool news? Do not read the review. Do not click on it. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, if you get put on some like list, some yeah. FBI uh, watch. While list. we're taking talking about Harry Knowles, uh, a pal of mine, uh, Peter Kaplowski, went to one of his big marathons, and he's like, the, "Yeah, the twenty-four hour movie marathon." And he was like, "The second half was like I was in hell. It ended with the last <laughs> Hobbit movie at the end of twenty-four hours. Oh, the no. last Hobbit movie. Why yeah, and he said that? that as it was playing, his friend Easter and looked down the uh, aisle at Harry Knowles, and he's like, "Look at him! He's enjoying this. How's he enjoying?" <laughs> 
Can you imagine 24 hours of movie that last and with the last Hobbit movie? Oh, that is torture. The worst one of the Hobbit. Oh, movie. you know. And it was the year of Fury Road, and the intros would always be like, "This is an action movie. People are really looking forward to." Oh my to. god! A lot of chase sequences. Then the Hobbit plays. Oh like, no. my god! And you know you're going to be sitting through like three and a half hours of this nonsense. Oh, awful. Anyway, oh. Con Air. Back to it. <laughs> oh. All right, Con Air stars Nick. Cage. <clears throat> Nick Cage and, uh, is what's his name again? Uh, isn't it like Cameron, Cameron Poe? Poe? Cameron Poe. Oh, what a great night! Well, I mentioned how we had caught the very end and the very beginning recently. <laughs> Same song plays. It's, oh yeah, it's the How Do I Live now, Without You? Did you guys know that the version that's in this movie is just a cover that they did for the film? <laughs> Really? No. Yes. That the original version, uh, it was like really popular, hit the charts. Oh, I heard it on the radio all the time. But it's not this version. Yeah. This version did get nominated for a Grammy, but it, I think that maybe like there was a weird dispute and they just got another singer to do it instead. <laughs> like well, a sound alike? very similar. It, it might have something to do with the fact that Leanne Rimes was 14 when this song came out. <laughs> so maybe they, because I, I heard, I'm, so I'm listening to the version in the movie and I'm like, she doesn't sound 14. Like, I, I, you'd think she would have a more higher-pitched voice, so it makes sense. So they, they probably were like, we can't have a 14-year-old doing the love song of this violent action movie, you know, well, where women are threatened to get raped. Couldn't it be from the perspective raped. of uh, his daughter singing? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I wonder if that had something to do with it. Nah, uh, probably knows? money. I don't think they think that far through uh, those kind of things. <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer looks up from his giant pile of cocaine and he's like, oh, we can't have a 14-year-old sing this song. <laughs> I think I also read it was nominated for Best Original Song. Yeah, oh it was. I mean, Which is weird because what are the rules at that point? Because it is a cover and it can be nominated for Best <sighs> Original Song. I think Apparently, as long as it was recorded or written for the movie. Yeah, mm. as far as I know, for the Oscars, it has to be written for the movie. It can't be... Uh, you know, from an album like years ago or something like that, and it can't have been used before. So maybe it hmm. was written for the movie, but they didn't get yeah. Leanne Rimes to perform it on the soundtrack. Which Probably does something happen like a that. lot, know, yeah. actually, on the soundtracks for movies where they have a different singer sing it for the version in the movie than what is on the soundtrack. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So we start with Nick Cage as Cameron Poe. He gets out of a war. You see like newsreel footage playing. Yeah, it's like stock footage uh, and narrated by Powers Booth. I'm pretty sure it's him. I wonder if he was ever in the movie at some point. Like, why would he just be doing the narration? Yeah, you kind of see, I got a Nicolas Cage, like, you know, they're all the army rangers are like in a line. They're like all saluting and I guess just getting released to go home. So Mm -hmm. I should say that Nick Cage at this point in his career, he had, I believe, made The Rock by this point. And this year, Face Off came out as well. And what's interesting about all of this is that he consciously went into these action movies he's talked about it before Mm -hmm. and he did it following his oscar-winning role in leaving las vegas okay yeah so it was was like leaving las vegas right to the rock uh con air and face off wow the holy trinity the trifecta (laughs) Uh, because because he just wanted to do something different i wonder you know uh, I think that at the time he's like, I need money. <laughs> well, that too. I just bought a castle in Scotland. It's, it's got, I got some too many bones. skulls. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Face Off, one of my favorite action movies, um, and this one doesn't necessarily go as crazy. It's a different tone, but it's it's a similarly like very over the top, very yeah. self indulgent action movie. Sure, yeah, and it's so, just as fun. In this opening scene, Cage meets his wife. They haven't met in a very long time. She's pregnant. Okay, this whole scene is insane. Like, it, yeah, I have to give the movie credit because it gets right into it. Like, yes, it, it, it there's there's no like they're meeting up for the there's first no setup time and then already people want to kill them. Yeah, like <laughs> so she's a waitress and these guys are like. I I have a crush on that waitress, and if she's making out with her husband in front of me, I'm just gonna have to beat him to death. Yeah, he's. That's been... why you. That's why we lost Vietnam. Yeah, because yeah. of you. They said that. Yeah, the yeah, guy goes. The guy goes. Pussies like you that lost Vietnam. Again, why is he a pussy? I don't know. He's they, an army ranger. You're just jealous. Of he's him. been in this bar like ten seconds, and already yeah. you know these yahoos at the end of the bar look. And like, then when they get out of it, the yahoos are already like breaking bottles against uh, chain link fences. This thing yeah. like escalates to murder. Like, and I yeah. love that it's like a music video 
director making this where you have uh the big oil thing in the background yeah, yeah. it's the, raining the oil pump that's like moving and, and it, it's like pouring rain and it's like spewing fire yeah, i was it's like, like what venting, is happening venting gas and everything it's great it really reminded me of that scene in vibrations where he runs into those those, those like, hillbillies and they go to a construction site and they're like blah, ha, ha, how about we just like mess around and scare you with the i mean they they don't go into the oil rig thing yeah they're just like standing around but things really escalate so Nick Cage's fast. wife is like, just get in the car. <laughs> yeah. But there's no reason that these guys, but I don't understand. You know, he gets arrested. He gets in a fight with these guys. Uh, the guy pulls a knife. What and- do you mean you don't understand? It's very clearly <laughs> explained because Nick Cage in the fight kills a man with like an open handed, like smash to the jaw. <laughs> no, I think it's like into his nose. It and went he up pushes the, nose. the bone into his brain. Oh, into his and nose. And during the court trial, the judge is like, with your military <laughs> skills, you are a deadly weapon and are not subject to the same law. Wait, is this <laughs> a thing? No sense. But like, it was that clearly, is not a thing. It was clearly self-defense and there were even witnesses. There were witnesses all over this bar. And not only that, but there's also in the bar that they came after him there. Absolutely. Where they were threatening him. Where but are no, all these witnesses? Because he's a deadly weapon, he should have known better. Sure they and- did. Yeah, the guy like picks up, you know, the, the two uh, guys that are left alive. The one grabs the knife and runs away. But his wife was watching this happen. You know, there's a witness. It was kill this, or be killed. This would never happen Cameron to Poe. to a, a veteran in the states. No, they. What love do you veterans. think the argument was? Which is like you should have just got in the car and driven away, man. <laughs> I don't understand. He couldn't escape. They, they were surrounding him. him. It's like as soon as you know those people came up to him uh, on the dance floor at the bar, like everybody would be on top of him. Like, don't how dare you talk to a fucking veteran like that? Well, that's only. Call in post 9 11. That that's, that's when everybody was Before like, that. our troops. In the late 90s, yeah. when this was happening, it was more like, why do we have soldiers? What do they do? Okay, well, this was this was 97, and he was mm. in jail for seven years. So this. Oh, so before that. that well, that would have been. Maybe Con Air takes place in the future. <laughs> like face off. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, because, yeah, because I guess he was supposed to come back from the Gulf War, right? I guess I think so. That's yeah, what the implication that was, around, was. That was which around 1990. was uh, 1991. So this movie would take place around 1998. Yeah. So, yeah. so when he gets out, it's the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has like hover cars. <laughs> that would explain a lot. Yeah. The, the laser they didn't guns. know when they made this that uh, airplane security would go up hundreds <laughs> of times. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> they would well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, Nick Cage in jail. He's having his own Raising Arizona moment. <laughs> Essentially is, the same scene. This is insane. I just wanted the entire movie to be him like just talking back and forth with his daughter via via letter. Via voiceover. Uh, as via like voiceovers. the jail has that like Hollywood riot jail where everything's <laughs> yeah, on fire. Everything's on fire. Where is this? And, That's my uh, favorite I, uh, Tango and Cash jail where like oh, everything yeah. is on fire as they walk through. <laughs> so good. Did we ever do Tango and Cash on this podcast? No, no we haven't. We did watch it. Oh, I love Tango and Cash. Yeah, Tango it's really fun. Cash. It's a great um, movie. But I love the, the back and forth. He's narrating, Dios daughter. But he has okay, his accent. <laughs> Hey, hey, he studied in Alabama to get it right, Colin. April posted that IMDb thing. That was so funny. I I feel like that was just made up. He's got a, uh, he's like, he's talking like a southern gentleman. No, it changes. Dear's daughter, I write to you this day. It starts like that, but then it goes into like a a New Orleans, Florida thing. (laughs) It's all over the place. You know, it depends, you know, he's kind of switching based on who he's talking to. So it's all been calculated. Nick Cage is not an improv guy. He comes prepared and readied with layers. I mean, I will say that it did make the movie funnier, but I feel like... He it, it would have been a better performance if he just did not have this accent. No, disagree. I, I, I prefer disagree. with an accent. Uh, well, so right. Nick Cage looks so funny in this movie. He's in a um, <laughs> white, uh, I guess, sleeveless shirt. What is the term that we it's use? Like a tank top. Tank, tank top. Tank top. He got the long hair. I mean, the long hair makes his character in yeah, this movie. Sure. <laughs> that shot of him getting off the bus and oh. like oh, a gust of wind hits him, and he's like, uh. like he's, he looks like he's making love to the, the wind or something. Or it's like such it's a good his shot. First time he's felt wind. They don't let him. That's outside. not true. Oh. <laughs> they don't let him outside. Either that, or he just like he just farted, and he's like, mm, but mm. you know what, Nick Cage? He makes that face every time he goes out. He's like, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> just orgasmic. Oh, looks so happy. I can smell the wind outside. 
And so he also has a cellmate who his his best friend played by Bubba Gump. Uh, yep, Forrest Gump's Not Bubba. Bubba Gump. Bubba. Uh, I, I'm going to say his name incorrectly. McKelty Williamson as Mike Baby O Odell. I think so. I don't recall him calling him Baby O, but isn't it funny how everybody has a funny uh, nickname in this? It is funny because I remember him referring to him as Baby at one point, and I was like, "What the?" I hell? remember that as well. I was like, "Oh, I guess it's just what he calls everybody." <laughs> like, they're very close. But yeah, this actor, like, he's good in this, but I feel yeah. like he deserves more than just like the black best friend. I feel like he got typecast. I was at it probably a lot, and like he does the exact same scene he does in Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's right. the movie. I it's like, yeah. come on. Or he's dying. Yeah, he's kind of sidelined with, uh, I don't know, he needs his uh, insulin. He's That's got his storyline. He has diabetes, so later on he gets his uh, insulin taken away from him, and he's just like immobilized on the plane for like, I need help. Movies. Please help me, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift you off the plane. Oh, sorry, wait. Uh, wow, wow, sir, I'm going to lift I'm you off the plane. <laughs> I say, I say it's like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Yeah. He's sounding like, boy, a, boy. He sounds like Doc Holliday in Tombstone or something. <laughs> so we got to talk about uh, the great job the casting agent did oh, on this movie. Amazing. Is there a better like cast of a 90s action film than Con Air? I would say nay. This is amazing. Not and with this many great yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I remember even, even the trailer when that first came out and you were watching it in the theater and just like all the names would come up and they'd show like, oh my God, this guy, oh, this guy. Oh. <laughs> You're like, Cole Meany. I love that guy. Hey, Dave Chappelle. I, I don't even know him first yet. Dave all, Chappelle in jail where he deserves to be. <laughs> we, we didn't know. I didn't know that Dave Chappelle was in this. So that was a, a surprise. But also... I didn't know Cole Meany was in this. And oh, are you a big Cole Meany fan? I well, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So oh, that's right. In, He's a big Star seeing Trek. Seeing him world. in anything, um, come on, like the commitments. No, I haven't seen him in anything other than get him to the Greek. All those Irish. And movies. he was in Law Abiding Citizen, that's which right. I forgot. And this movie does an amazing thing where like halfway through, it's like, you thought you got all your character actors? Here's a bunch of other no, ones. No. It's like, We're oh, stopping oh, off to get some more. Yeah, they pick up more. I, I, I <laughs> we have, right from the get-go, we have John Cusack as a U.S. Marshal who's, you know, trying this new experiment, I guess, where they're putting them all on a plane. Yeah, I guess I think the experiment is that they're taking them to a super prison. Yeah, super it was max, like some yeah, super The max best prison. jail there is. So, yeah. So, we got Ving Rhames as Nathan Diamond Dog Jones. <laughs> he's great in this, I have to say. You've got mm-hmm. uh, John Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus. So he's like oh, the ring so leader. Good. And uh, Ving yeah. Rhames is like the second in command, I guess. You've got Danny Trejo as Johnny 23 or something because mm-hmm. he's raped 23 women. Mm-hmm. And we have... Uh, I, I like the fact that uh, John Malkovich, you know, you need to like him a little bit so he doesn't like the rapist. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, oh, and I guess. also like... Later on, he's like, oh, don't kill those cops. That's just because, like, they were useful to him. But, you know, mm-hmm. he uh, he's not like a this like a despicable monster. But you still, no one is despicable you know. in this movie like they would be in real life unless they're meant to be killed early on. Yeah. We also have Nick Chinland last seen on this podcast in the uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, the guy that's not tune- Ron Perlman. Tunes. Uh, yeah. Tombs. Not Tunes is the driver. He's uh, Willie Bedlam in this movie. <laughs> He's great, actually. I did not he recognize good. him. He's better, I think, in this than he was in maybe. Chronicles oh, of I love him in Riddick. But you know what? He's got the uh, he's got the same. Uh, pointy sideburns in this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's like a demand when he goes on set? He's like, you get the pointy sideburns or you get nothing. You don't get the chin. Well, he's like, he's uh, from New Zealand, I think, right? Oh, that makes sense. Or like yeah. Australia. Isn't that where they shot the second Riddick, which is probably yeah, why he's like, in he's it? He's Australian. Yeah. He's like a Kiwi or, or Aussie. I don't know. Oh, if he's New Zealand, he better be in those uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Also, <laughs> uh, elves don't have pointy sideburns. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why they wouldn't let him in. <laughs> God's sake. How about Hobbits? So, like, literally every character has a nickname. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Chappelle not the guards. Pinball. You have Rachel, uh, is it Tykadin? Who Rachel is Tukotin? probably most famous from Total Recall yeah, as she, one of the guards. As, as, as Melina. Sleazy. She really gets sidelined in this movie. She like, also yeah. gets really. sidelined. Well, because she's, like, beside... Um, um, Bubba, basically, <laughs> while well, they're like they're like a team, and well, they're like we're stuck here. There's one. She's point. basically the um, I need to be saved by Nick Cage at the end of the film. Exactly. Like I, she comes back into the movie, and I was like, holy shit, where's she been? I thought, you know, I, I missed her dying or something like that. And yeah. she really only serves to be kind of like rescued by Nicolas Cage from this uh, movie Danny Trejo. Doesn't have a lot of 
positive female characters. You got but no time for okay. women in this. This is it's like about, it's about prisoners. Testosterone is spraying off the but screen. She's she's thrown around so much in this movie just as a tool. Like mm-hmm. I need you to do something. Well, I'm going to threaten this woman. Yeah, you know? but she kind of gives as good as she takes. Well, and... she hits Cyrus later, which is nice. And as far as women go, you know, you've got the little girl <laughs> later who's a terrible actress. My dad is Cameron Poe. I've been right. And you no, have no, no, Nick Cage's wife. Oh. Yeah, uh, Nick Cage's Nick, wife. And oh, she, Potter. like in Michael Bay slash Jerry Bruckheimer film, she's only allowed to stand in the command center and look worried about her husband. Yeah. <laughs> now, her, the, his daughter doesn't really say anything. I meant the little girl in the pool who talks to Steve Buscemi. Oh. Wait, why do you have a problem with the little girl that talks to Steve Buscemi? I just thought she was a bad actress. That's my only problem. <laughs> <laughs> April's writing an IMDb review being like, I enjoyed <laughs> all of it except for that well, little girl. Steve it's like weird hills like, to die on Steve sometimes. Buscemi. Yeah. Well, this is the, we need like a sound effect of like April's hill to die on on every episode <laughs> so bizarre sometimes i can never predict it did steve buscemi have a, a character nickname like he had a name it was just garland green right I so think. he didn't have like a oh he a had Disney. a name it was like the mangler of something <laughs> yeah. and i missed it yeah. i love how when they bring him on halfway through the movie they kind of stop off at this like you know in the middle of a sandstorm it looks like and mm-hmm. they pick up MC Ganey and uh, yes, that's right. but they bring out Steve Buscemi. He looks like Hannibal Lecter. He's got like, he's the, the mask Marietta on. Mangler is his name. <laughs> I love how they bring him out and you're like, who the hell is it going to be? And then it's revealed to be Steve Buscemi. And I love how like jumpy everybody is around him. <laughs> They're like, oh no, he killed thirty people. And it's like yeah. it's Steve Buscemi. He could he's he a stiff wind could blow him. Over. I know. But I mean, I, he I, does look like a serial killer. Let's be honest. There is like, look point. at him. Look at his face. He kind of sits next to uh, to. Nicholas Cage and, and Bubba Gump there and he kind of like just turns to talk to them and I swear Nicholas Cage like oh he like jumps <laughs> <laughs> well I mean the movie gets going right away all the prisoners get on the plane the and they escape basically instantly the second they're in the air I couldn't I, I didn't yeah. see the plane take off and I'm like yeah, it's are they like even they're in still the air? taking off like they haven't even taken off yet and they're already taking over the plane yeah it's like uh Dave Chappelle first of all he's just like insulting this Pinball. native american guy sitting next oh, yeah, to him yeah i didn't like that and then he like gets burnt i mean he gets his revenge later but you, you know i guess but he uh yeah he pulls out like this little thing of gasoline squirts it on the guy lights him on fire um and then uh hijinks yeah, they uh, you know they they sneak some like picks in. They pick their locks. You know they beat up a couple guards and uh, take over the plane. And yeah, there's a DEA agent that gets taken out very quickly. Oh yeah, okay. So Colmini's uh, partner. Yeah, we're introduced to Colmini. First of all, he pulls up in this like sweet vintage Corvette yeah. or something, <laughs> and it's a classic Three Stooges setup, which is like I hope nothing happens to this really good car. But he says something, and uh, I remember him having a bad accent in this movie. And it, well, he can't hide his natural accent. Irish That's, people is very, very difficult, and he, he, I swear well, to God, any he has like, like European, British, Irish, Scottish accent, they always kind of they, they they talk really low when they Irish do their American Scottish accent. Are very difficult to hide, especially like you know Jerry B and but like you know, his Meany Brooklyn here. or whatever doesn't really. He, even he's sound talking Brooklyn. like with a thick New York accent. He's like, oh, we took his fucking car. And then I swear to God, <laughs> he just sounds like himself. Though. And then he loses it. And then April was like, wow, I can't believe this is halfway through the movie. I can't believe they let him speak in his natural accent. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's American. That's the classic Jerry Butler conundrum. <laughs> yeah. What was the word that he said that was like, OK, he said that like with an Irish accent. Oh, I, I can't, can't remember. remember I can't was, remember. But it was like he couldn't help it. It wasn't like moral or no, I, I moral. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, he kind of murderer. Like, that's what it was. He said he's a mo- he's a moiterer. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do another one? That was uh, Mr. Meany. No, why do you think they call me Mr. Meany? Mr. Meany. That's not my real name. It's a nickname. I sat next to him at a bar in L.A. And it was like, oh, you fucking piece of <laughs> no, shit. No, I bet he was very nice. Well, I didn't. Uh, we talked to him for a bit. I would. I stayed with my aunt and uncle who lived in L.A. for a while, and they said they would always go to this. Uh, British pub, and they're like, Colmini's always there. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just uh, playing into his own stereotypes. It was just their local. I think it was called like the Robin Hood pub or something in LA. And he would always, and I, we sat at the end of the bar, and he sat uh, 90 degrees from us, just sitting at the bar, and he would just chain smoke these unfiltered Marlboros mm. <laughs> while drinking and just watching TV in this like black leather jacket. 
And then uh, I think we were like, we started, we got chatting to him or something like that. Like we're like, hey, we, you know, we saw the, we saw the van the other night. It was like some Irish film that he did. And he was like, oh, if you like that one, like check out this other film, blah, 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 blah. Con Air! (laughs) If you like that one, check out Con Air. I didn't even know he was in Con Air. I'm pretty a New York person. Yeah. Okay. So I do have like some questions about the plot, which is a lot of plot in this that I apparently missed because I was really tired when I watched this yesterday. (laughs) Oh no, were you popping, uh, no. what are the Cheetos? <laughs> it was the, or what made you it was the time last? change, that's what made me tired. Okay. Uh, what, why is the DEA there? Well, Cole Meany doesn't trust John Cusack's plan, so he wants a backup. Well, he wa- And that's why he puts him on the plane. Yeah, so they're trying to get information from a uh, Mexican drug lord that's on the plane. So they're not only just transporting prisoners, it's also like a sting? Yeah, so they sneak oh. another DEA agent onto the plane mm-hmm. uh, before everybody boards. They dress him up, and then they're like, okay, we're going to sit you right next to this guy. We'll give you a tape recorder, try to get some info out of him. And so, oh, okay, so that's what that was all yeah, about. Yeah, and then Colmini hands the guy a gun, and John Cusack's like, no guns on the plane, like nobody Yeah, you guns. shouldn't do that, even though that the guards have guns, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. They do, yeah. And so it doesn't matter if there's another gun. As, Come on, As we man. find out later, the entire cargo the- section is full of guns. Yeah, well, I get that a prisoner could <laughs> take like- it away. And then, like, John Cusack is like, it's your fault because you gave him a fucking gun. Yeah, so Colmini <laughs> takes him aside right before he boards, and he's, he's, like, you know, kind of patting him down, and then he sneaks the gun into his, like, ankle holster. There's uh, a lot of moving parts to this movie. There is, Also, yeah. It's airtight, April. Airtight. Air just like the plane's cockpit. Con air. So it, uh, it's weird that it never really depressurizes in this movie. You'd expect that something like that to happen, and then being like, ah! And I don't know. Do they go Anti-gravity? high Do you have to... That would cost yeah, you have to go much. to a certain altitude. Uh, I can't say altitude, right? It doesn't before. seem like that type of plane, but I don't know. It mm-hmm. just looks like some shitty old cargo plane from like the 1960s. Well, the, the whole concept is very convoluted, but also. Why would like, you put all the murderers on one yeah. plane? <laughs> well, I don't really uh, fully understand John Malkovich's plan. I know that like they were going to meet up with the drug lord's pals uh, after Carson City at that like abandoned junkyard but like then what were they just gonna they're flying to mexico oh right yeah they said a country with no extradition yeah so they're they'll never stick they're flying down (laughs) i guess uh john malkovich like made a deal with this like mexican cartel guy like hey you're gonna meet down here i'll get you out you fly me in like you know a few people in your private jet to mexico so all the other prisoners were just gonna yeah. eventually get picked it's up. It's gonna ditch them, right? <laughs> what are we gonna do in Mexico? I don't know the language. How do I make money? This is a problem. <laughs> I did I not. That's what Con Air Two is about. I was I studying think this Spanish. Through. They found that out in the. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really pay off, does it? Unless I missed we're it. We're jumping all around here, but after they initially take over the plane, John Cusack goes to his uh, John Malkovich's prison cell, mm-hmm. and he finds his like secret plan in this really complicated like code thing that has like a picture of the seven apostles (laughs) with their eyes cut out (laughs) yeah and it it ends up being a cutout like code (laughs) on this like letter in spanish i believe that says where they're going and i don't know why he would leave that well also is uh, bomb in there also it's buried in the wall and i'm not sure how he did that he's fixed the wall and then also painted it to match the rest of the cinder blocks i guess uh, on this wall somehow he had access to some construction uh materials sure why even leave it there yeah and then there's that really cool scene where really cool where the john cusack's like don't touch anything and the guy goes and he opens the box like but he said not to touch anything there's a bomb in there and this like cgi metal door flies through the hallway and just narrowly misses it was like the train coming at people back in 97 we're all like "Ah!" it did look a little 3d movie-esque i have to say i don't know i think for the most part though the effects are there's some model stuff towards the end you know when it crashes into las vegas but I don't think this was the era of like uh, CG planes. No, there's not anything that I noticed. And it, uh, uh, as everything it really holds up in it this really movie. Looks like, great. It, it looks really good. There's the odd like kind of blue screen when uh, the the car on the, the plane, or they're like flying in you know the helicopters and yeah, you know they have the to stick a background in there. But everything else looks really really good. It really does hold up, and and small little touches like when. Um, the uh, plane with the like it's going to take off and then uh, there's gasoline everywhere and then John Malkovich throws his cigarette on it and then 
they cut to a close up and it's like a giant cigarette that that prop. is like forced perspective prop. <laughs> yeah. It looked From like torque. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was down, a little bit torque. I wrote down torque. Yeah, the guy says, uh, "Sigh, Onara." Onara. <laughs> Do, really dumb one line. Do you think they got that joke and worked their way backwards? Yeah, They're John, like, we need a guy whose name is Sai. All right, all right. What can it John be? John Cusack's like, oh, God, I keep changing this line. I can't remember it. <laughs> it's one It's one line. I wonder how big that uh, cigarette butt is. I would love to see Do you think it's in like a like, Planet Hollywood somewhere? Uh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, I want to try to like look through... Uh, you know, my Cinefax collection and see if I can find it. Like this. They probably did Con Air, right? It was a pretty big movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would do, do anything. But due to all this practical effects is, I think, the reason why it, it still looks the way it does. Yeah, now. it looks... If they mm-hmm. had done CGI planes all over the place, it would look horribly dated. And I'm surprised. I think, like, uh, you know, for a Bruckheimer production, it's it like I said, it doesn't have that obnoxious, like, editing style. Everything is, like, really well-directed and shot. And it doesn't have that uh, a very dated color correction. Like I feel if this was done, you know, early two thousands yeah. and like he, well, yeah, be blown out. He, like look at Bad Boys Two or something. Yeah, like, like you give it to Tony Scott or something, and it would mm-hmm. end up looking like Domino or whatever. <laughs> or it's just like oh god. And the camera would be shaking all over the place, yeah, like I think it's, flash frames. Yeah, it's really well shot, and that it doesn't yeah. feel dated. Uh, I guess it would basically look like Gone in sixty seconds, a Bruckheimer production starring Nick Cage, written by the guy who did Con Air. Really, that's what uh, yes. Disney Plus. Rec- recommended we watch right after i've never seen that <laughs> no me neither uh, not very good or uh swordfish you guys remember no, swordfish? I, remember I, do, swordfish. But I never saw that all the way th- actually there's a scene where all. hugh jackman gets a yeah. blowjob and has to hack as john travolta it's watches the only it. thing i think i feel like anybody remembers from that movie oh it opens with a, uh, probably yeah, one yeah. of the most blatant explosion matrix ripoff shots ever yeah. where it's like it's all those like uh metal pellets ball bearings bearings. yeah isn't it funny how when something really big comes out you get all like the copycats afterwards and the matrix was a very big i mean the matrix defined action cinema for like a decade after it came out speed ramping thank you Oh God! I hate India still with the speed ramping. Hate, They're still I doing the Zack Snyder speed ramping, but I actually love it when it's done in a movie appropriately. I hate it when speed yeah, ramp. like the Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate it when I well, no, it's in the Last Airbender. Sorry, it's in Avatar: The Last Airbender, all all over the place, and it's used correctly in the animation. Oh, you mean the M Night movie? That's no, what I'm I talking mean, about. It's actually used. Actually, it's used more in the Legend of Korra. Because there'll be like an action scene and then something really, and, and it does slow down so you can see this Sorry. small thing happen. April, as, as you went into the details, my eyes were rolling and they shot out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> when you got it. No, excuse me. It's actually in the legend of Korra. And, and if you want to talk about the fight scenes in, in, in Avatar and the legend of Korra, I could do a whole podcast about, it, about that. You know what? I still haven't watched it. I have Blu-rays of both series sitting on you my shelf. You haven't watched the original? Nope. Oh man, you got to, and then you got to watch Legend of Korra too. Someone's got to force okay, you. Okay, I'll get to it. I'll get someone's got to force you to watch those while you're getting a blowjob and having <laughs> that. It's a children's and show. John Travolta Colin. looks on. Swear to God, he's like, "You gotta I'm get like, this guy." Put the wig job. on, John. I need to see you the way that I love you. <laughs> okay, so he's got to hack this thing. I'm and just watch gonna Avatar. go. I mean, I'm not. I don't really have a. I'm gonna pick something as my favorite part but overall i liked this movie really a lot so i i'm not saying that this is the, you know anything better than it. there's so many good things to pick from this movie uh, i'm gonna go with uh what i'm gonna read as an early transgender character sally can't dance sally can't I dance. Think oh, that's, that's your name? favorite thing I think, I think i'm just pointing it out um is that their name Sally can't. Yeah, Sally, Sally can't, can't dance, dance is how so, the credits so uh, credit the character. They pick up this character in the second bout of prisoners, but we don't know anything about who they are, where they came from. But uh, you know, it, it's it's clearly a, de- a an early depiction of a transgender woman because uh, they go and they find a suitcase and they they're like, oh my god, yes, a dress. Now I can be you know myself. And then they're dancing around and. It's a pretty I mean, positive depiction because nobody, nobody I, is getting. <laughs> okay. no, no, I'm just saying nobody it's is giving them going, a hard Justin. time. They're not like that's true. I they're would not say. like throwing things at her or like calling them names, and they're they're just like yeah, woo, and they're you know. I bet Dave Chappelle really hated that character. <laughs> well, he was dead. <laughs> just That's, thankfully, he was dead by that point. <laughs> okay, I my one of my favorite scenes. I thought it was so funny. It was Dave Chappelle's death and subsequent. <laughs> Subsequent so uh, course finding. <laughs> I love how much it committed to that dummy. Uh, it was like. so funny because <laughs> the wax 
museum dummy. But not only like the little like, uh, you know, he's running alongside the, the plane. They kind of take off and ditch him at the, the first stop. The Native American guy is like. He's like looking out the window and you see Dave Chappelle like kind of fall. He's like, like come ah. on, man. And then later on in the movie, uh, was it? Dive- he falls like it, it, like a wild hogs movie or something yeah, like yeah, that. Like a, it falls like, whoa. It's very cartoony. So you don't know what happened. You assume he just. You're like, oh, off. he just tripped or something. And then later on in the movie. uh Diamond Dog forces Nick Cage to go down to the, the cargo bay or something because the, the landing gear won't go up. Mm-hmm. And they find Dave Chappelle's corpse. It's so funny. He's like in a, he's like frozen in a screen. But he's like curved around the tire. <laughs> How did he even die? Like what part of him got crushed? Uh, maybe he got run over by the wheel That's and then he kept like spinning in it, I guess. But he wouldn't be like in this like rigor mortis. Who knows? Like, <laughs> Did you want to see him like flatten like yes. in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? He's frozen. Like, it's very cold up there. But he's it is. It's like a wily e. coyote because he's like, yes, it he's is. Like stuck to the wheel. But then, and then and then they ditch the body. Nick Cage writes like a note on his uh, uh, his shirt, and then you know to John Cusack. Yeah, and then he pushes him off the plane, and uh, which leads to a, a really funny scene. It's the general from Twin Peaks. He's like driving with his. I think his, his wife. wife is a character actress as well. I can't yeah, remember. and they're like stopped in traffic, but just like the shot of Dave Chappelle falling. It's pretty <laughs> yeah, funny. Following his body. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, like we da, see it from da, above. Da, yeah. Da, okay, so the car gets shit on by birds, <laughs> and the wife is like, "That's good luck." I have never heard that before. Well, I've heard <laughs> that, you? but it, I don't agree with. I've it. heard like getting uh, shit on by a bird, like on your head, is good luck or something. I, I think that's something they just say to make I've him feel also, better. Yeah. I've also been told <laughs> to make him feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Getting if you get shit in your mouth, then it's extra good luck. Uh, again, something <laughs> also you that get a brain parasite. Made up. <laughs> that's. Why, that's why Colin goes out every morning to open his mouth wide and tilt his head back to the sky. All right, who here has been shit on by a bird? Well, everybody has. I haven't. I don't think I, I have. Had, like, I'm trying to think about it. Skin contact. Uh, mainly just um, like jacket and hair, I think. Not not on my hair either, but I think it was like last year. I tried to get it I, in I my I got mouth, it on but... my arm. <laughs> yeah, um, Colin was like, ah! On my winter coat, and I was like, well... Colin has one of those funnels that's like really big and like goes through his mouth. <laughs> there's this, uh, there's like a, a, what is it, like a train overpass right by us that we have to take to get to like our, I don't know, just like a grocery, to like Liberty Village. That's where I get it's it kind of around the, the gym. The but morning. you have to walk under this, uh, this train bridge, and it's so gross there's and not then, that mm. many birds in there as there used to be okay justin because <laughs> april went out with her gun she's like, <laughs> <laughs> no they're in there but there's not it's not like you're in danger of getting shot on every time you go through there i'm always pulling you out of the way april is like i've always... never been shot on ever since i've lived <laughs> here and i, I go through there you. twice a day so wait it's colin like like pushing april taking it himself <laughs> she's never paying like attention bullet. so basically no! they, they put up these like railings above the walkway so there's always pigeons on these things and when i started going uh this route because i used to work in that direction the sidewalk and the railings were just covered well they didn't have it like as blocked off as they do now um so now there's only like a tiny little section where where pigeons can sit on it used to be i'm sure there's still tons of pigeons you say you used to have to put an umbrella up when you were walking through the tunnel? <laughs> no, I would always have to. Like, I do not believe Maybe that. I just saw somebody <laughs> It was that. so disgusting. Yeah, so I'm constantly aware of like pigeons and yeah. April, you, you never pay attention. You just walk under these things. Well, I haven't been shot on under that tunnel yet. Yeah, because I'm always pulling you out of the way. Well, not in the morning when I'm by myself. Yeah, but I'm. you're just thinking in your head, Colin, uh, Colin going, April. Maybe there's just She's less pigeons. Like a force ghost? Like pigeon like, get out of the way, oh, so April. This is funny. My, friend, my friend Paul, who may or may not listen to this podcast, he had used to live in this apartment building, and he had this like uh, balcony, concrete balcony, and I guess like pigeons uh, just took over this balcony, mm. and the whole balcony was just covered in pigeon shit, like just caked with it. And uh, he had his, you know, the little uh, air conditioners that you mount on your window. Mm -hmm. So it like suck air in, I guess, from the balcony. So he started waking up with like his whole face would just be like inflamed. One morning. Oh my god! Like his lip no. was dying. He took a picture of it, and it was really, it was crazy. I'm like, what, what's the hell? And he goes, I started showing up to work, and it was like my face, whole side of my face would be inflamed. And then uh, he's like, I think it's like this pigeon shit. Like it's getting sucked in somehow through the the air conditioner and getting blasted onto my face while I sleep, and then uh, so he went out and like s- like deep cleaned his whole like you know, scraped off like garbage bags full of like pigeon shit, 
off this thing, and then uh, it was still happening. And then he realized it was just a new hair gel that he started using. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't the pigeons after no. all. No, so he thought that he was like swallowing pigeon shit. I was, I was like, like looking, I was looking it up, and I'm like, oh my god, they have so many parasites in their shit, and it's like toxic and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, if you breathe in the uh, pigeon shit, they lay pigeon eggs <laughs> under your skin, and pigeons are going to be bursting so, out. So yeah, you. he was just like had this new hair gel, and he was sleeping on his pillow, and I guess would get it onto oh, his face. and rolling around in it at night. Okay, and he turned yeah. into like a Dick Tracy character. <laughs> <laughs> big lips, big lips. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, where are we at so where are we in con air oh, at, <laughs> they uh, made it to las vegas well, yet put the bunny back in the box oh i love the bunny supposedly a nick cage addition to the movie good addition yep that nick cage wants to bring his daughter a little bunny that i guess he bought at the prison commissary because he's like it was either this or i don't remember what the other thing well, was. It was either that or some mint julep i was gonna bring her back <laughs> I said, I said, I boy. I <laughs> and you know, this movie was originally supposed to end with the plane crashing into the White House. What? Yeah, that's what I read online. <laughs> oh, that's great. But supposedly it was uh, decided by Jerry Bruckheimer, and eh, it would make more sense to go to Las Vegas uh, to fit the tone of the movie, which, you know what? I agree with. I, it works. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are some uh, funny scenes, like they uh, take the transponder, the. the, the FBI agents are like tracking the plane and then at one point they uh the bad guys take the transponder off the plane and swap it onto like some tour plane it's like a little Cessna that they give like canyon tours in the, the tour was apparently going for like an hour Uncle Bob's scenic tours <laughs> like we've been following this plane for 45 minutes uh Cole Meany is very uh upset in this movie he's a very angry man in this movie and who's the other guy like the uh, older gentleman I recognize him from something and I don't know that man is John Cusack, April. I know he doesn't look as... <laughs> well, basically uh, the whole movie, John Cusack is doing, you know, the right thing and Cole Meany is doing the wrong thing. And John Cusack has hated every movie he's ever been in. You oh, know what? okay, so he, it's not just this. He's, it seems no. like he's, he feels like he's too good for these things. Yes. And he, you can see it in the roles that he plays where he's like this super educated, you know, sarcastic, like angry person. Does he think person. he's better than all of these terrible movies? He's like, I just want every movie I make to be American Sweethearts. Why can't it be American <laughs> well, Sweethearts? Like, remember he did that like Edgar Allan Poe movie? <laughs> yes. Oh, the, the Raven. Yeah, the action uh, Edgar Allan like Poe movie. Is that what you, like, the Raven. If he's if he's if he's so above these movies, then don't take these roles. Oh, uh, he needs cash. Yeah, he, he needs to, cash. He needs to buy he has more bills to pay. He needs to buy more dictionaries. I mean, he's in like 2012, Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, yeah, man, that movie sucks. Yeah, he should not be throwing <laughs> stones here. At whatever. Drive Hard, that Brian Trenchard Smith movie co-starring Thomas Jane. What? Yeah. Like, I mean, John Cusack is in DTV land. Like, he yeah. appears as a do-rag uh, in the movie Arsenal, where he, <laughs> he co-stars in, with Nick Cage he was again. In Cell, too. Uh, we actually... <laughs> To go, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we did a Q&A, I think our last Q&A, which is the Q&A number two, someone said, favorite John Cusack roles? And we were like, oh, what has he even been in? Uh, <laughs> we, so we spend like 10 <laughs> minutes talking about John Cusack on that. If you want to hear that, subscribe to the Patreon. Hey, he looks like a pile of coats. You know what? The last role I remember him being committed in is the Jackie Chan film Dragon Blade. <laughs> No. Where he actually fights Jackie Chan and he does the real fighting. And I read an interview with John Cusack and he said he was very excited to be in the movie because oh my God. why wouldn't you be? You I get to fight even, Jackie Chan. And then he saw it and he's that. like, I hate it. Well, I mean, <laughs> probably. He's good. Just he stormed out of the screening angrily. I guess he just takes himself <laughs> his, too seriously. In his big, long, wrinkled trench coat. You know. Yeah, John Cusack is also someone who's always like not picking fights, but getting into fights on Twitter famously. Oh, probably. He's such a yeah. wise ass. But I, I just like all I can think of is anytime he gets too like you know arrogant or aloof, just show him that <clears throat> it was like the the effects reel from 2012, mm. and it's just him like driving in his limo, like and there's nothing on a blue screen, and they're just like <laughs> these gaffers are just like rocking the the limo, and he's just like whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, no, that means acting. he's a great actor, <laughs> and it just went <laughs> on and on and on. I mean, this movie is a lot of him just running around. Yeah, it is. Running from place to place. Maybe there is more practical sets, but it is just a lot of him going, ah! <laughs> It's a lot of him yelling. Yeah, there um, is. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Not to say it's not, like I said, I think he's great in this, but maybe he just doesn't like this type of movie. 
he probably doesn't like the fact that he has to do these types of movies to make money or something. But like he's that. not like some like indie darling. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if he was, he should make those movies. I know. <laughs> not the ones I know. That, yeah, you know, you look at his uh, filmography. Yeah, like and... High Fidelity was kind of you know. Was yeah, a good but one. I mean, you know, Gross Point Blank. That's good. Gross Point Blank. Yeah, that I was more of a personal movie seen for that, him. I don't right? really know what that's about. Uh, you but... know, fourteen oh eight. Identity. Yeah, I love fourteen oh eight. Or he's attacked by Benny. Uh, I always Benny get fourteen oh eight and Identity mixed up. They seem like the same. Movie. We've got to watch. He plays identity. the sniper uh, in Grand Piano, the film where Elijah Wood has to play the piano oh, without missing a note, my... or he'll be shot by John Cusack. God. Cool. Good movie. <laughs> Alex Winter is John Cusack's crony in that film. <laughs> like uh, another one of the bad guys. Oh my God. Alex Winter from like the Bill and Ted. Mu- Bill and Ted, yep. Music group. And director of many documentaries, oh, including sorry. that one on Zappa. <laughs> I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, from the Bill I and was Ted thinking of group. Edgar Winter. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. The musician? The guy who yeah. did that Frankenstein? Yes, song. I was thinking of Edgar Winter from yeah, the Edgar so- Winter group. <laughs> They're Alex the same Winter person, April. You're right. Okay. So at the end of the movie, the plane comes down in Las Vegas, crashes. Great miniatures. This is great. Uh, so this the is only so reason good. they had to go to Vegas was because the whole Mexico plan went to shit. They came. They uh, killed a lot of cops that showed up. They were able to do that. And they were able to just take off uh, in time. And uh, their new plan is just land in Vegas because that's the only on fuel. The, on have, the Vegas Strip. It's the fuel they have left. And MC Ganey is like driving the plane <laughs> he's a madman swamp thing his name is Swamp Thing. yes yeah, so he's just playing himself mc gainey yeah. yeah and this whole sequence it's it's really really good now i was saying to april like you know this is kind of like pre-cgi everything so they obviously they can't show it crashing into buildings and stuff but they, they show little segments of that so it's kind of like a mm-hmm. testament to how good the editing is and how well everything is like pieced together that it well, supposedly works. they yeah. did crash a model plane into a real building they did yeah that I was think about it's... to be demolished i think i read mm-hmm. oh okay. well, it was a casino but they also had a it was a set you know yeah i've seen a lot of the, the miniature stuff so they had like certain sections that the plane comes through like the hard rock uh, cafe sign and stuff like that <laughs> yeah take that hard rock and <laughs> they just missed circus circus but you see it so you know it's there yeah i mean and we were laughing because like during this sequence when it's landing it seems to change sizes a lot so it's like this perspective it's the size of like three buildings and then it's like in between a st- it's on a street like it's have you guys ever been street. to las vegas yeah yeah that was our, do you like it oh it was our it was, it was your really last fun. vacation i went somewhere after that pre-covid but <laughs> yeah it's, mm. it's really fun yeah i had a great time i would love to go back um mm. you've been there yeah, right? i went right, Justin? I- yeah, I, I did go. I don't like gambling, so I didn't play any games. I, I'm, it's not really my thing, and I didn't think I would like it. But you know, we went with but friends. I loved who, it. I we, ended up loving it, actually. Gambling. Yeah, we kind of went with friends who have been there a million times, so they kind of t- showed us all the cool places to go. I and, wish I could have seen a show like uh, April knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The um, what what magician is it that has the show where Ron uh, Paul plays like an alien? <laughs> Oh my God! David what? Copperfield. David Copperfield. Yeah. And what's the name of the alien again? Who's like? He's like. What? <laughs> yeah, no, I it's know supposedly. What you're about. I can't remember what it's called. It, it's insane. The alien's <laughs> like, "Don't you want to see your your father, David? Let me show you your father." <laughs> No, that's one thing we didn't get to do is we didn't get to see a show. Well, we I had mean, our we had our eye on this uh, German magician Hans Klock. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like we were there for like four days. You don't. You, you really have to be selective. You can't. You can't do everything. So that's why yeah, I have to go back. Uh, me and Emily went to the Pinball Hall of Fame. Ooh, Great time. I wish we got oh, yeah. to do that. We went to. Oh the, yeah, uh, voiced by Ron Paulson, not Ron Paul, the, the like libertarian Ron Paulson, the voice yeah. actor. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I want to. But it's like a little animatronic alien. Oh, I want to see that show so bad. The uh, the neon graveyard is it? Uh, yeah, it was a place. Well, we didn't go. So. It's like that junkyard where they have all the old signs, like the neon signs. Mm, oh, that <laughs> sounds like fun. We didn't get to go. Yeah, it looks really cool, and you can get like a tour and stuff like that. Uh, we went to the Hoover Dam. Oh yeah, we did Hoover Dam. We that was to, great. We went to some like horror museum. Uh, but it like, was very very small. It's very small, but it was cool. It had all these props from like horror movies. I just don't stuff. like going in the casino and seeing all the people on life support like pulling the, the you know the slot machines. Yeah, you, waiting that. to die. If you, if you don't like cigarette or cigar smoke it's like mm. do not go there man you think that's bad you oh should see what the like local casinos are like like those <laughs> what, are in really, toronto well no I'm, I'm talking about the one that's near my hometown but oh. um, like yeah there's 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 
There's casinos. There's there's one in Ajax that just opened. <laughs> hey, shouldn't we get a casino soon on the waterfront? Uh, Doug Ford keeps promising oh, it. According the, to him, it's coming. God the almighty. biggest uh, Ferris wheel you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, this crashing scene, this plane crashing scene is really, really funny because it's like it crashes like into a casino. But the way they shoot it, it's like, well, I don't maybe no one actually got hurt. <laughs> And this is my favorite oh. thing is that like the crash happens, there's like a fight, and you think the movie's over, oh, yeah. but it's only getting there's started. This is amazing se- yeah. sequence, and I love that. Uh, like after this whole crash happens, you, they notice that Cyrus is getting away. So <laughs> yeah, but it feels they, like it's done because you yeah. see like Nick Cage talking, you see like the police and stuff. Yeah. Like, but yeah, they save Bubba. He, I think mm-hmm. he gets wheeled into an ambulance. Yeah, so Swamp Thing, uh, they steal a, a fire truck, and then you see like Cyrus being very, <laughs> I don't know, very obvious. Walking away. <laughs> He's and like hanging so, around on so the, uh, Nick, the ladder. Nick Cage and John Cusack both get on matching motorcycles. I love how they look at each other and they're like, yeah, and the score just swells. Yeah, they may as well just yeah. high five. Yeah, they really should. And then I they mean, take yeah, off. Just they slap it. dicks. So they, like, they, yeah. t- they take off after this uh, this fire truck, and I sw- I swear to you, they go into that uh, tunnel. I swear this tunnel is in L.A. It's a very famous tunnel in L.A. Hmm. It's in Blade Runner. It's like uh, all kind of like glazed tile, like all the way around it. It's very reflective. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure this is the tunnel from L.A. Oh, so it they probably is. yeah, uh, that's how long the chase goes on. Well, and it's yeah. a great chase. Uh, Ving Rhames gets crushed by a car, motorcycle. I don't know what he happens. He screams and explodes. Yeah, he screams and explodes, and I yeah. could not figure out what killed him. And but. then it's just John Malkovich <laughs> and MC Ganey. Yeah, so John Malkovich takes a, I think Nicolas Cage shoves like a broom handle or something through his like leg or whatever. Yeah. And then doesn't he, <laughs> this is an amazing death scene. It's so good. It's pretty funny. Well, like he he handcuffs him to. Oh, well, oh wait, no. Before that, they they're, they're, they they stole a fire truck. So like, he's like spraying him with water, isn't yeah, he? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. so powerful. Yeah, but then like when Nick Cage gets on the thing or whatever, like he takes the water hose and puts it into the cab where MC Ganey is. So he's like drowning as he's driving. <laughs> MC Ganey's only weakness, water, like Bruce Willis and Unbreakable. Why do you yes. think they call me Swamp but so he, so, <laughs> No, that exactly. just makes him more powerful. Yeah. He starts growing, like, you know, sprouts and roots and stuff. He, he handcuffs yep. John Malkovich to the ladder, and, and then, then the, it raises, crashes. raises oh, yeah. the ladder up vertically. It hits a sign, and then he, like, it, flies. It goes through a bridge, a yeah. pedestrian bridge that's crossing the street. And so he flies off, so I'm guessing, like... It, he got removed from the ladder. The ladder flew up, and then he's like lying on the ground. And no, 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 he no. lands on electrical cables. <laughs> oh, the electrical yeah, cables. He's like, oh, and then he lands and rolls off. And oh, no, I landed in, I guess, the like penny pressing factory like, or it's something. It's like a conveyor belt yeah. that is leading to like, like a rock a crusher. Rube Goldberg. Thing. Uh, yep. It's amazing. I said it was like, you know, with some wily e. coyote, you know, again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you know, it crushes his head. Crushes yeah, the only thing that's missing is like a close up of a head exploding. Yeah. That's no, I in just, the unrated cut. Yeah, I wanted to see like his eyes pop out of his head or something. <laughs> no, I got like George idea. Miller, like <laughs> exactly, exactly. He was a pretty bad guy. Oh, He's okay. done everything. Wait, was it Murder, on this podcast Larson? that we talked about the ultimate T-shirt, which is? Uh, a t-shirt that says Miller Time and then the eyes popping out from Road Warrior. I don't think that no, was that'd us. that would be amazing. That, that's not our podcast. He does it in Mad Max as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, so at the end of the movie, Nick Cage meets his daughter and she's like, are you my daddy? Are you my daddy? And this is, I was laughing so she seems hard. seems very uncomfortable. He's got this like old ratty, filthy, like bunny rabbit. Yeah. But he's like, you know, he's all nervous and he goes, I got a present for you, Casey. <laughs> How do I live without you? I want to And I love, yeah, he's like kissing Monica Potter and they're, they're all hugging and everything. And then John Cusack is kind of like watching them from across the road. like A tear rolling down his cheek like, and then he kind of like fades away and you realize John Cusack was an alien from the future <laughs> the entire time. He said like, parole granted. You're now a free man. Yeah. Then he like shoots his handcuffs off. No, yeah. and then he like puts on this like rumpled old like trench coat and then walks away. Yeah, into the sunset. Now, is this movie like a, a a commentary on the prison industrial system? No. Well, you know, <laughs> um, there was a comment by John Cusack earlier on when he's talking to Colmini and he's like, uh, 
so and so is it Cyrus the virus? He's like mm-hmm. a product of the system, you know. Yeah, blah, blah, and blah. then Cole Meany's like, Cole Meany's no. like, what are you saying? Like, it's all our fault that these people are like this. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, Cole Meany is like, everyone on that plane's an animal. <laughs> He's matter. like, what about the guards? <laughs> Well, they signs a waiver. Yeah. <laughs> they know he, what they got. Cole Meany's really bad at his job. He wants like, he does to nuke well. the plane. He's terrible. Yeah. And then uh, his plane, uh, spoiler, his car gets destroyed in a very, very funny way. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, they're buddies at the end. Like he, he well, just like he it's has a, to come around. It's as if nothing you know happens. He's like, sorry about your car, and he th- gives him the keys. He's really upset about He's his like, car. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> oh wait, what accent was I doing? <laughs> Meet oh, me at the bar, right. Robin Hood. <laughs> It's all right, sir. I'm Cap- going to change the Marlboros. Captain. It's like he's a leprechaun. <laughs> I will say, like, Cole Meany, like, does not have, like, a heavy accent. It's more just like a like a lilt that I know so yeah, well. Yeah, he's I've doing a pretty good so job times. compared yeah. to that little girl who's garbage. <laughs> we didn't talk uh, about did, that scene. <laughs> we didn't talk about Steve Buscemi who gets out at the end yeah. to kill again. Yeah, and we're supposed to be happy. Didn't he kill like 132 people? or like? Uh, I think, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Some crazy. He's like a mass murderer. Yeah, well, he has this like weird conversation with this little girl at a trailer park and you're, you're really led to believe that, that he killed that he her. Killed her. And there's like like POV like his POV of the little girl and it's all like floaty and weird I'm like why are you showing this yeah it's a kind of like uncomfortable it's supposed thing. to make you uncomfortable yeah and then you see him walking away with like her doll and you're like oh god did, you, did we just have like, a child murder in this um, movie but you don't do you see the girl again yeah yeah, okay. yeah you do she waves uh, at the plane the plane is taking okay. off and she's, she's chasing it Yay. and then at the end of the movie he's just playing Baccarat <laughs> it's like okay My, I guess um, just like James Bond throwing rocks tonight Steve yeah, Buscemi uh, is Bond that would be amazing again it's just oh, like Lo- like now <laughs> he's like he's not too old he's got at least 10 movies in him he's Whoa. way too ugly to be in a bond movie i'm sorry how dare you I, no, yeah. I, I love him i'm just saying that movie has to be filled with beautiful people <laughs> hey speaking of uh speaking of bunny rabbits they had a bunny rabbit in uh no time to die remember uh no, no. oh remember the girl <laughs> was he huh? saving a, a doll at the end of that yeah at the end remember? oh, oh right, he was right, yeah, yeah he had a doll uh, okay yep that is true that does go. happen in no time to die and, they, okay. and then he goes to goes to the girl is like oh i've got a present for you kesa <laughs> yeah, well we're like it's disgusting and then nick cage is like uh it's kind of dirty <laughs> like, thank you for acknowledging that. Give your dad a hug, and then the movie ends like all great movies do, with like a roll call of everyone that was yeah. in the yeah, film, just smiling I and like love, pointing in the I camera. It's like that. Predator. They should do that more. <laughs> Sweet home oh, Alabama, and it shows their character names too, which is like because you probably missed it. Yeah. And I think it's like Nick Cage's shot, like the amazing shot where he winks at Ving yeah, Rhames yeah. as like the camera pushes in. There's that like two, there's shot. two Nicolas Cage uh, gifts. gifts from this movie, <laughs> which mm-hmm. are amazing. It was like the wink one and, and then, then just the, the one the where he's savoring the, savoring the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Con Air, great movie. Uh, also great brand of hair dryers. Uh, <laughs> and, and Is there really? Oh yeah, that's my hair dryer. And my oh, steamer, all made by Conair. Conair makes a lot of high quality. And that was products. a spinoff. Is this episode brought to you by Conair? <laughs> brought to you by Conair. Conair, sponsored yeah. by Conair <laughs> for all your hair drying needs. Yeah, I mean, they were a spinoff from this movie. That that's why they started calling the hair dryers that, based on that scene of Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, you in, know, blowing his hair. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Can you imagine if they got him back to like do an ad? And goes hello. Oh, a Conair ad. I'm oh, Cameron that would be so good. It would be like, um, have you seen that ad where Bruce Willis like slumps through like a diehard ad where he meets up with the limo driver again? Oh, God. No. Isn't he like deep faked yeah. or something? No, it's him. It's him. Oh, he's okay. in it. He's deep faking everything these uh, days. I can't believe it. Yeah, he's deep faking enthusiasm for being in these movies. Oh, I would love the deep fakes of Willis. He's like always smiling because they're trying to make him charismatic. Honestly, they'd be better than his performance. It would just be so disturbing. <laughs> anyway, right, Con anyway. Air, great movie. It's available right now on Disney Plus. Disney Plus if, of all things. Uh, if you're paying uh, the mouse, uh, that's Star. If you're in the United States, I believe. Uh, yeah. Well, we have like a Disney Plus. Uh, there's a section on it called Star. Star, mm-hmm. uh, okay. not stars, just Star. But anyway, it's part of Disney Plus. But it's also available on iTunes. You know, lots of places. It's a pretty popular movie. So you're always gonna be able to find this movie anywhere you look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> I'm uh, going to speak like a southern gentleman all night, Evil. You cannot be as... You know, you're, this is better than Nick Cage's accent, I'm going to say it. It's like Nick Cage is in the room, though. There you are, Nick. I have so many questions. Well, I don't anyway, know I, how, what I, to do I'm with uh, some dinosaurs and amber. We didn't get to, like, literally, like, everything in this movie because it's just jam-packed with too much yeah, stuff. So great. all I can say is just watch, just watch it yourself. It. Really and if fun. you, like, saw it when it came out or and you just kind of like, wrote it off, I would say give it another chance because it's a, it's a lot of fun. I gotta I gotta find out what what you know what happened to Simon West like why. You well, know, maybe you can tweet continue. at him. I don't know. And speaking of Twitter, <laughs> why do you not make good movies anymore, <laughs> yeah. Simon West? Why, why are you why you just do shit TV China? crap? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at No Such Thing Pod. Mm. Uh, you can email us at uh, No Such Thing Is a Bad Movie at gmail dot com. Uh, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie, where you can get tons of bonus episodes on uh, various movies, new movies, uh, some old classic bad movies. We did some Q&As on there. Uh, if you're on the $5 level, you get access to uh, all of those episodes, and we release a new episode every two weeks. And we also have a $2 level where you can be submitted to pick a movie for an episode. And uh, if you want to find me, I'm at Twitter and Instagram at April Edmansky. You can find me on Twitter at DeClueJ, D-E-C-L-O-U-X, and the letter J, also on Letterboxd, Justin DeClue. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. And that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for dropping by. Uh, you know, make sure uh, you... Uh, I, I have no... I, have no, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I... I can't, you were like I, trying to set yourself up. <laughs> Remember to ride Con Air Airways. Thank you. <laughs> I was there trying to say something like that. I can't I, that time change is still really, really affecting me. Yeah, I'm really tired during the the uh, evening. Now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> we're all seventy years old. <laughs> it's really seven o'clock right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sleepy. Uh, all right, I'll catch you next week. I'm April Lemansky. Mm-hmm. I'm Justin the Clue. I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. <laughs> How do I do without you? That's the real thing.